This is Gina Marie Rodriguez, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. Take me out to the ball game. Or if not there, how about the theater? Miles Square Theater in Hoboken, New Jersey is celebrating their 19th anniversary of Seventh Inning Stretch, a series of seven 10-minute plays involving baseball. This June 16th and 17th. As the birthplace of baseball, Hoboken is the perfect New Jersey city to celebrate our national pastime, and Miles Square Theater, the perfect venue. Each year, for the past 19 years, seven playwrights write seven 10-minute plays involving the sport. These plays run the gamut from heartwarming to hysterical, realistic to absurd. Today, I spoke with Miles Square Theater's artistic director, Kevin R. Free, and two of this year's seventh inning stretch playwrights, Michelle Tyreen Johnson and Tim J. Lord, about all things baseball, Hoboken, and theater. Batters up. Thank you all for, for joining me today. I'm very excited to speak with you about the seventh inning stretch. Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about the idea behind seventh inning stretch at Miles Square Theater? Where did it begin? Yeah, um, seventh inning stretch has existed since the dawn of time, um, since the dawn of recorded time. And I'm surprised what that people don't know that. Um, but the, <laughs> actually, Seventh Inning Stretch was created uh, by the founder of Miles Square Theater, Chris O'Connor, uh, because Hoboken is the site of the first professional baseball game. There is apparently some argument about that, and I will leave that to other people. But it is uh, our program, our event is an annual benefit that is seven world premiere 10-minute plays performed on our beautiful intimate stage. I happen to love baseball, so I'm very excited to hear more about this. Uh, in my very limited research, I think that I learned that in 1846, is, uh, in a, it was at Elysian Fields in Hoboken was the, the first uh, recorded baseball game, and Tim is nodding at me. So I, do, you, do you know anything more about that, Tim? Is that something that you would like to speak to? Uh, so what I, what I know about it, what I know about it is that um, uh, the first game uh, that could be played under recognizably modern baseball rules was played at Hoboken, right? So the game had the game had been you know, created and evolved was evolving over time, but there were a lot of you know different rules being played by different teams and different places and stuff like that. But the first professional game played by rules that you would recognize as a as a as a baseball watcher from the 21st century, if you could travel back in time, you would re- you would watch that game and say, oh yeah, that's baseball. That, and that's that that like again like I, I can't speak to whether or not that think like, that's like legend or true or not like maybe, I'm sure there's some team somewhere in you know Iowa that's like no we played the first baseball game but you know like but that's that's like how that's how it is, is told in baseball lore as I understand it so so prior to that game the losers probably just had to walk straight into the ocean like they probably just like or right into the Hudson River actually and they were dead right so that that so in Hoboken once once the professional rules happened, the losers and the winners were just regular losers and winners, and nobody died. I, I, I will neither confirm nor deny that. So. Whether that is true or not, it is now canon. So thank you, Kevin, for that. Um, but I, I'm going to ask uh, this of Kevin again. Why, beyond just this history uh, that Hoboken has with baseball, why an evening of short plays about baseball? Is there something about the sport that lends itself to theater? Um, I would tell you as a person who is not a sports fan, that if if I am near sports, I get caught up in the drama of it. The basic conflict of you know people striving to win something or striving not to lose something is exciting to watch. Like, you know, I, I played football growing up, but I wasn't good at it. 
and I don't choose to watch sports when I'm choosing to watch television. But if if I am watching it, I get caught up in that basic conflict, which is you know theater. And I think the the beauty of the seventh inning stretch at Miles Square Theater is that it connects directly to the community of Hoboken because of the history of baseball in Hoboken. And we get lots of people coming to see the plays who don't necessarily know that they like theater, but they know that they like baseball and they know they like to have fun. So it is, an, it is our opportunity to grab new audience members. And it is also our opportunity just to celebrate Hoboken and sport and also theater, which is what we do at Miles Square Theater. No, it's like, that's why it's called Miles Square Theater, because it's a theater Anyway, that's all. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that distinction. Um, what I was going to say is this is the 19th anniversary of uh, of the seventh inning stretch. And after 19 years, do playwrights ever run out of ideas for these baseball related stories? Or is there always a new one to tell? How, from the playwright perspective, uh, how do you feel about writing about baseball um, if Michelle would like to take it first. Sure. Um, well, when Kevin commissioned me to write a baseball 10 minute play, I was like, I don't know about baseball other than I am a Kansas Cityan who lives in Louisville. I live in Louisville now, but I'm from Kansas City. And, and so for me as a playwright, no matter what I write about, I go, I get to the, what's the heart place. So what's what's the place where I can write something from the heart? It's all about being connected to the Royals. Like I could care less about the Royals, but I am I, I grew up in a city and I lived there up until three years ago where everybody I know cared about the Royals. And when the Royals won uh, the World Series in 2015, what I'll always remember is that Kansas City became a zombie town. At the time, I worked for a school and everything shut down. I'm like, seriously, school is shutting down because of the Royals parade. And when I say zombies, I mean, people were parking their cars on the country club plaza to walk to the parade that was down at at Union Station. And for those of you who don't know Kansas City, that's like a five mile walk. And you can look at people and be like, you don't walk five feet a day, but you're walking to the parade, like in mass, like zombies. I'm like, okay, this is going to break the entire emergency services system because there's going to be a lot of fat, overweight bodies that people are going to have to scoop up and take someplace because you know you're at, oh, I'm sorry, I just, I still have post-traumatic stress disorder that I couldn't get to my bank. Like literally the only place I could go the day of the Royals World Series parade was my girlfriend, a girlfriend of mine, does my hair. She lived in the blackest of black, black, black part of town. I was like, since I'm off, yo off, and I need my hair did, can I just come over and we can watch it on TV? And that's exactly what we did. <laughs> so there's my baseball experience. That was <laughs> the best telling of a baseball story I've seen yet. So I cannot wait for the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as she was telling the story, you know, all I could think was like, how come I didn't get that play? I love the play that Michelle wrote called The Royals. But how come I didn't get the play about the about, about the black lady having to park 
five miles away from the hairdresser. That's an easy answer. That's an easy answer because you told me you wanted to celebrate baseball. And that would have been 10 minutes of disdain for people messing up everybody's day. To and, and for the record, for the record, the city got equally ugly and ridiculous when the Chiefs won to the point where because I knew that was going to happen. And at that point in radio, I worked in radio at that time. I deliberately took vacation days so I didn't have to cover that. And people were like, you know what? No, I do not. I drove away from Kansas City. Ironically, I drove to Louisville. That's the irony of it. And then a few months later, I got a job in Louisville. But the point is, I just, and I'm biased. I mean, I'm a KU grad. Go Jayhawks. So if the city shut down because, you know, the Jayhawks win, which they won the NCAA championship 2022. You know, if the city were to shut down for that, that'd be different. So that's why you didn't get that play because I was that would not have been a play of celebration. All of that said, I think even just honoring that disdain is kind of a celebration of baseball because many people <laughs> feel that as well. But let's actually talk about the play that you did right. So the Royals, can you tell me a little bit about what this 10 minute uh, play is about um the main characters i kid you not and this is these are their actual names and you will probably figure out their identities from their names are bat and ball and it is a play about a bat and ball who live in a garage and they can't quite figure out what happened to the man who owns the house that they're they in the garage they live in and i don't want to say anything more because i don't want to give anything away but it's bat and ball, and then there's a couple of other characters who are relatives of the person who uh, lives in the house. Wonderful. That sounds exciting. Uh, Tim, now it's your turn. <laughs> I don't know if you'd uh, like to follow that up with a rant of your own or if we can just talk about uh, EJ Flynn hits a grand slam, correct? That's the name of your short. That's that, that that's it. And Grand Slam is in quotes for for the like, which won't translate to radio unless we say it's in quotes. But yeah, um, uh, no, it's it's really funny. Um, I don't think Kevin planned this, and I know Kevin's not a baseball fan, so we didn't even realize this. But I'm originally from St. Louis, um, and so we have exactly we have a deep <laughs> we have a deep seated rivalry that goes back to in 1985 when uh, the Royals beat the Cardinals to win the World Series, and it's it's a it's a it's a it's another story that's. Uh, <laughs> It goes. It's really hard. It's really hard to talk about even now. Even now, like almost. It's, it's hilarious, Tim, because I didn't know that, and I, my best friend, lives in St. Louis, and I literally changed out of my St. Louis shirt that I was wearing because I thought I should wear something a little bit like half a bit nicer. So I'm sorry that I changed out of my St. Louis shirt. But yeah, <laughs> Kansas City did beat Charles in 1985. Sorry, I'm sorry that if that's you know never mind. With 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 a little help from a bad call at first place, but yeah, at first play, but yeah, you know, like yeah, I'm getting the whatever sign. That's fine. I understand. I'm actually right over. The, I'm not going to go into that. Um, but yeah, but it's but it's in, in addition to this sort of St. Louis Kansas City rivalry, which is drama in itself that that Kevin has inadvertently uh, uh, created by bringing Michelle and I onto this call. Um, I, I I'm also completely the opposite of Michelle. I have I grew up watching baseball. I have a great love for the game. Um, I have I have many opinions about the the uh, elimination of the or like the addition I should say of the, the designated hitter to the National League, all of them negative. 
Um, <laughs> so you know, I but I I grew up watching the game and 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 loving it. And actually, the, the the actually the more complicated history of my own like history with the game is that we lived in Kansas City until I was ten. My parents are both from St. Louis originally, so I kind of grew up with both teams, and it was never an issue because they were in different leagues until 1985. And literally, I think I watched Game Seven with like either a blue shirt on over a red shirt or a red shirt on over the blue shirt. I my my little nine year old soul was torn in two. Um, <laughs> anyhow, um, like, but we moved, we moved to St. Louis in, uh, uh, 1986 and, uh, and I, I, I have many fond memories of going to the game with, uh, especially with my grandfather, uh, on my mom's side. And so when, 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 when Kevin asked me to, to write a, a baseball play, I was, I was like, yes, absolutely. Anything for you, because I just adore Kevin and the work that he does. And I love, I love writing short plays for like, for like, I, like, especially for like a really community driven event like this. Um, but also because like there is there is a tradition like an American theater tradition that is the baseball play like this this like I, and I don't know I, I think maybe because it is like it is a, still a pretty distinctly American game even though that's like that's that's shifting a little bit but like it, it, within the Americas at least right it is very much an American game um, and so like there it is like it feels like a rite of passage for a playwright to write their baseball play um, even Richard Greenberg like like, like Richard Greenberg uh, who's you know was not a baseball fan or became a baseball fan um and wrote the, the play take me out which has had a few which has had a few like two broadway productions like a production and a revival you know like back to to lee blessing has a play about ty cobb more recently lydia diamond's play uh tony stone um you know like there's 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 so many plays like this um and so i was like yes yes please thank you um and yeah, like, and, 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 and you asked earlier, like, like, is it, is, are there, are there stories that are, you know, are there still stories to be told? And the answer is absolutely, because it's, it is, it is a crazy game with like all kinds of like, with a deep history at this point, right? I mean, like almost 200 years since that, that first game, right? Um, and that, like, and so like, I, my, my struggle in coming to write a play was like, like, actually, which of these crazy stories do I tell? Um, but one of the things that I learned, I, I think Michelle like nailed it, right? Like, like you, it, it, when it comes to telling a good story, especially a good story on stage, it, it's all about the heart. What is the heart of the piece? And I, I kept coming back to my grandfather, Edmund Flynn, who Edmund Flynn, who um, was supposed to try out for the St. Louis Browns, um, but he got drafted for World War II and never got the chance. And so it was this, like this, 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 this idea of being like this close to like you know have, being related to someone who could have played in the majors or whatever. It's like it's a really, it was a really great story. And um, and I learned to watch the game by by by, by going to games with him, by watching him watch the games on TV. Um, and I, so I ended up wanting to write something that was a that was a that was a tribute to him and a tribute to the game that I love. And so I created this character, kind of loosely based, very loosely based on my grandfather E.J. Flynn, and, uh, and 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 wanted to like just tell a story about like like I don't know like like the 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 seductive power of the drama of baseball, and and, and I landed on sort of late like. Uh, telling a story about like all like the crazy rules that are part of this game, like if like literally if 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 a pitch if it, like if if a pitch gets stuck in the catcher's mask, uh, it's an automatic base. Like 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 if, if you have runners on base, they just get to advance to the next base. It's like like what like like weird things like that, right? So like I I decided to create a game, or, excuse me, a play around all the crazy rules in this game. And like at the heart of it, you have this like this this like this this young baseball player who's just like full of full of charm and and and, and optimism and his and his uh his curmudgeonly manager 
um, who doesn't like who doesn't like the game and happens to be Kevin R. Free. Uh, <laughs> I decided to to add Kevin like in a kind of a Ted Lasso sort of uh, scenario where he ends up managing this baseball team and he doesn't love the game, but oh, but but maybe like over the course of the this particular moment in in the sport, he he learns to find. Uh, a, a reason to love it you know so that, that's that was the story that I decided to tell <laughs> I love everything about that so much and if this show is even half as entertaining as this conversation I advocate for everyone listening to buy their tickets right now right this moment <laughs> because we all need to see seventh inning stretch but Tim you mentioned that this was such a, a community uh, oriented program and Kevin, I'd like to ask you about this fundraiser, because that's what Seventh Inning Stretch is. It is a fundraiser for Mile Square Theater. So can you tell us a little bit about that and about the triple play uh, party gala as well? Yeah, um, I- I'll say that when I was um, chosen to be the artistic director uh, after our fi- founder, Chris O'Connor, stepped down, <clears throat> I was told, well, you know, Seventh Inning Stretch is our annual fundraiser. You don't have to do it. You can, but you know, you'd have to replace it if you didn't do it. And I love new plays. I love new plays. I don't love. I mean, I you know, I love all plays, but I but I love new plays. I love a world good world premiere. I love a bad world premiere. I love something brand new. I'm into that. And so I said I would never not do Seventh Inning Stretch because it's seven world premiere. 10 minute plays and i cut my teeth as a producer on producing world premiere 10 minute plays with the fire this time festival so i would uh, so i do believe that the seventh thing stretch is necessary and exciting and it, and it speaks to what i like to think of as the new focus at miles square theater with me as artistic director and that is brand new plays that connect to the community of hoboken and the, the community at large. So this year, so going back to what it is and, and what, I, so it's two nights of performances, June 16th and 17th. On the 16th, you, you pay the price of a regular ticket. And then, but on Saturday night, if you come to Saturday night and you get to, to attend the triple play party, which has, which is a party that starts at seven o'clock and there's lots of stadium food, beer and sliders and um, finger foods of some sort. We have a hot dog cart in the lower lobby at which you can get a hot dog. It's not just the cart. There's like a cart with hot dogs and like somebody manning, personing the cart to to sell you or to give you a hot dog. And um, this year we're doing something very special. We are honoring the founder of the theater, Chris O'Connor, by renaming or naming our stage for the first time after him. It'll be the O'Connor stage. So I think if the people who listen to this podcast are lovers of Hoboken and recognize that the largest arts organization in Hoboken is Miles Square Theater, then they should get those tickets for the gala on June 17th at www.milesquaretheater.org. That's theater with an R-E. You sold me when you said hot dog cart. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. And I'm so glad that there will be actual hot dogs there and not just the cart. Um, I am very excited about this. I love that Hoboken has this history with baseball, one that I didn't know about prior to this conversation. I'm really looking forward to learning everything uh, that Miles Square Theater has to offer at this at this performance. But I will say this real quick. It's another coincidence is that Tim, I didn't finish saying this because I went on a rant about the the Royals parade, but um, my grandfather was what 
made me want to write a good play because my grandfather <clears throat> who died the year before the 85 win and I grew up in my grandparents house and um and I usually write very female centric black women plays that pay homage to the lineage of you know my grandmother and great grandmother and mother and so I was happy to just write something that in just a teensy little way just you know was a kiss to my to my grandfather who I call daddy and and may I just chime in to say that that, that there is another play in the in the lineup that was written by another Tim Timothy Erickson that is also based on his grandfather's story and it is World War II it is about a a guy who is who has been who was enlisted and his brother who is a pitcher his number comes up and somehow he is able to get his brother undrafted <laughs> I don't know what the expression is and he stays in he's his he's about to leave the army and he stays in to replace his brother going in so his brother is is able to continue to be a pitcher in his hometown and he stays so there I mean I just spoiled the whole thing but it's a really beautiful sweet I didn't tell you about all the characters this other drama that happens in it but I just wanted to say you know, you reach out to your friends. I reach out to my friends and say, hey, do you want to write a play for this event? And and I gave each person a different, some different parameters, so slightly different. And we got really lovely plays that fit together as a, as a really nice puzzle piece. It's really kind of wonderful. And you asked a question before, do are there always stories are there still like do you ever run out of stories and i will tell you that three playwrights already booked for next year for some thinning stretch because they reached out to me and said i want to write plays for seven thinning stretch and i thought really okay great love it so it, it's you know i was like yes you're in <laughs> that's that's four because i want to write my um uh my story about the uh parade i love it you know no, normally they say no repeats, but I, I repeated somebody else this year. So I think we'll, 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 we'll let you repeat next year. I love it. I love that this conversation has spawned a new, a new play. Um, <laughs> I, as I was saying before, they call it America's pastime for a reason. There is so much uh, familial lineage in these stories. And I think that's wonderful. I, I grew up with a baseball dad as well. Um, I've always been uh, in and from New Jersey, so I was born to be a Yankees fan. I know, I know, but um, <laughs> there was, it would have been blasphemy had I been anything else in, in the family that I grew up in, but baseball holds a very special place in my heart as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I love it. I love that it is supporting the theater as well. So I'm hoping I can get my tickets to the triple play gala, but uh, everybody else should jump on it right now. Can you repeat the name of your website one more time? Yes, we are at www.mile, M-I-L-E, square, S-Q-U-A-R-E, theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. And the tickets are on sale right now now june 16th and 17th folks please get your tickets i know i will be doing so and i look forward to seeing all of these shows and hopefully uh meeting all of you in person thank you so much thank for being you. here thanks for having us gina thank you mile square theater's 19th annual seventh inning stretch runs june 16th and 17th in hoboken new jersey for more information be sure to visit milesquaretheater.org 
If you liked this episode, be sure to review, subscribe, and tell your friends. A transcript of this podcast, links relevant to the story, and more about the arts in New Jersey can be found at jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. The show was co-founded by and currently supported by funds from the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, with additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Gina Marie Rodriguez. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and C. Straub. I'd like to extend a special thanks to our guests, Kevin R. Free, Michelle Tyreen Johnson, and Tim J. Lord. I'm Gina Marie Rodriguez for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>